want. Listen to me. We've all been deceived. We need to calmly head towards the exit. Welcome to the Banana Bread and Circus Republic with Crispy and Tono. Your hosts for the end of the world or whatever we're looking at. We're looking at the reset. Yeah, it's uh, we're gonna be fine, ladies and gentlemen. So strap in and join us to recalibrate the soul as we explore the ether and ethics of our evolution. In the space between spaces, there's an intelligence that guides our values and our judgments, which determines who we are, what we're doing, and where we're going. Follow your nose and think for yourself. Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year. How you doing? Doing good. Um, it's really good to see you. It's amazing to see you. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, it feels like it has. Um, with this past year, I've already, um, somehow we made it on the other side. Um, but going into the future, I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Into the future? Into the future. My thoughts are always, uh, you know, hope that everybody prospers, especially those that need to. And, uh, you know, I hope that uh, at the end of the day, you know, I guess I'm a sucker for justice, but. You know, I, I'd, I'd like to see people that deserve to have their feet held to the fire burn, you know? Yeah, I like that, too. But, uh, yeah. I actually, I pissed Jocelyn off pretty good the other day about <laughs> getting into that. Like, just, there's so much, uh, there's so much that I have a criticism about. Like, I, I like to criticize. It's weird. It's very weird. But not well, There's weird. a lot to criticize right now. Yeah. It's like, but it's as such somebody an- that's, you know, as, as a little person that's out of touch, or not out of touch, but, like, so far removed from everything that you can't actually do anything about it, it's okay to remark on it. It's hard to, yeah, and it kind of goes back to that whole art of war thing where you you, Sun have, Tzu. you have a conflict. Sun Tzu. Yeah. yeah. You ha- you How have- to resolve conflict. Exactly. And I think that you, you have to do that work inside. You have to kind of come to that place of acceptance before you go in because otherwise it becomes a little too combative. Because now you have conflict about bringing it up and there's like, and by conflict, in that moment, it's more like, like, oh shit, that's not what I meant by what I just said or whatever. Like it was comes off a little too strong because it's such a fine line to criticize in the moment because you you know in your heart that something is something doesn't feel right right in front of you in some cases. But sometimes, if you can get to it before it comes to a uh, tumultuous point, you can address it. Even though you know it might become conflictive, if you can get to it early enough and you can resolve things before things need resolution, that's the beauty of it, you know, because all of a sudden it's, you made a compromise with people, with somebody, and, uh, You didn't have to get to that point of conflict. Hmm. Yeah, I usually just, I won't even, I guess I kind of do it in that way. It's its such a roundabout thing because it's like, you could, oh man, I like, it's kind of, 
<laughs> often <laughs> I'll, you know, I'll hear from you even where it's like, you don't even know where to begin. You're so like flabbergasted. Like we've definitely gotten there together before that it's, it's, it's like, uh, how do you, what do you do for yourself at that point? Right. Cause it, you gotta, if you get consumed by it, like that's my problem is like, I get consumed by it because it's so close to home um, that it actually hurts when, when it comes when it comes around. So Holy shit, how am I going to even recover from this to give myself the space to heal, the permission to uh, forgive and all those things that um, basically hold the key to that optimistic future that is worth having at all? Um, I don't know. It's, that's a lot of words. but I mean, sometimes it... it- all comes down to like being able to have that place of like whether you call it centeredness or peace or whatever you you have to reflect on that before you know you can move outward from there so it's a if you're able to find your your center, whatever that might be, you know, mm. I don't I don't wanna put a label on it, but you're probably going to be better off as far as how you respond and resolve the conflicts. Yeah. Like things yeah. 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 And, Things that are going to bring you out of those moments, those those abilities. Exactly. Yeah. I love how you said if you have a if you have uh, if you're in touch with your center, right? I find myself doing more yoga lately, just naturally, like not because I have a schedule or a regimen around it, but it's just simply because it's that part of restoring balance to things um, or harmony, rather, like. You know, something that feels kind of back in alignment with what's going on because ultimately our perception is a kaleidoscope and it can get like it can get caught in grooves over time and you get stuck. And that's those are the ruts that that I write about in my book um, regarding autism. I look at autism through that 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 feeling or sense of being stuck and you can't you can't push through that invisible wall um even those those ripples are going out you're you're still not able to actually like yeah yeah and talk about conflict at that point right because that's like so far from your center that you might as well have be up shit's creek without a paddle um and i think honestly a lot of that has to do with distractions you know like we were talking earlier and you literally define bread and circus as that and i agree well, yeah, that's that's you know where part of our name came from is you know you know it's sad that we live in this day and age where people need some sort of bread and circus, some sort of distraction to keep them from thinking about how bad they're getting bent over. Mm-hmm. So, and it kind of goes back to what Tom was talking about on an earlier episode just recently was uh, like when it comes to all the, you know, the term progress or making progress as a society, right? Not the progressive. He didn't say that. And there's the banana republic. (laughs) 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 Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Tono. You you Uh, came up with the name. I I hate to, I, I hate having to explain this to you. Yeah, but, no, you don't have to explain it. I think no. if, if anyone's listening, I think they they know they would have connected the dots by now. Uh, yeah, most people. Yeah, so it's it's you know, it's okay. I mean, and it, and okay if, in the sense if, that if this is your first time tuning in, we're not trying to down speak to you. Yeah, Sorry. That, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, okay. but also at the same time, like it's it's also like we we're in it for the fun. Like this is if this is you know one reason why we do this is because we're we're just you know 
We're just having some fun here. At the end I of love the day, it. at the end of the day, we're jesters of one sort or another. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of which, this was one of my favorite uh, references in Monty Python's Meaning of Life. Ooh, ooh. All right. So here, let me get the sound. Yeah. Let me get the sound right here. Brings us once again to the urgent realization of just how much there is still left to own. Item six on the agenda, the meaning of life. Now, uh, Harry, you've had some thoughts on this. That's right, yeah. I've had a team working on this over the past few weeks, and uh, what we've come up with can be reduced to two fundamental concepts. One, people are not wearing enough hats. <laughs> two... Matter is energy. In the universe, there are many energy fields which we cannot normally perceive. Some energies have a spiritual source which act upon a person's soul. However, this soul does not exist ab initio as orthodox Christianity teaches. It has to be brought into existence by a process of guided self-observation. However, this is rarely achieved owing to man's unique ability to be distracted from spiritual matters by everyday trivia. What was that about hats again? Oh, uh, people aren't wearing enough. <laughs> Is this true? Uh, certainly. The hat sales have increased, but not Perry Pursuers, our research initiative. Enough, enough <laughs> for what purpose? Can I just ask with reference to your second point? When you say souls don't develop because people become distracted, has anyone noticed that building there before? <laughs> yeah, and then they get invaded and all that. <laughs> I love it. Oh, shit. It actually went beyond that. That's amazing. Normally, it stops right there. But yeah, I just, oh, speaking of distractions, that just came came to mind on that one but I've never seen fucking that one classic, before right i've never seen that one before seriously yeah have you seen meaning of life yeah really well do you remember it no watch it again because yeah. it's it's fucking awesome it's 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 one of those movies that gosh at that point they were just so good at executing these skits that were like oh my god they're so funny like, each one is its own thing about the meaning of life. And they turned it into a giant fucking awesome, like, twisted, windy road about just, like, there's so many different varying, from a cultural pr perspective, individual's perspective, spiritual. There was a whole scene that they did about, you know, um, like, that moment where the Reaper comes in the room and you realize, like, oh shit we're dead right now <laughs> like it's it's great it's awesome i get i get the uh meaning of life and the life of brian mixed up a couple times but <clears throat> that's probably i blame it on uh, i watch too much flying circus like the uh original sketch show like a lot of the stuff that, uh, that's not true. I mean, the the stuff that they do in the movies is clearly, you know, like movie grade. You know, like they've got good production. Mm -hmm. But I end up throughout mixing it up with different sketches. Definitely no. The uh, the Holy Grail. That's classic. Hands down, all these are classics. Really, I mean, even the the flying circus thing is like, what a great uh, version of the comedy of the time. You know, I miss I miss that man. Like I, because I never grew up during that era. I had to like learn about it through my dad and through you know. Uh, people I mean, of like it was even, older. It was even before my era. Yeah, 
Exactly. Like, don't feel bad. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily feel bad. I just it's like holy crap. Like I had to follow so many breadcrumb trails to come to like something that was right there the whole time, but it was like whatever. I couldn't download it or I couldn't They were the Led Zeppelin any- and the Bruce Lee of comedy, you know? Like Dude, if yeah. you think about it that way. World class. Like, Fucking awesome. You know. There was there was a culmination of excellence that happened somewhere throughout the seventies, and those guys were part of that wave. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just love how relevant it still is today, anyway. if not more so. Like so much of what they're doing is is has got to be inherited in the new world. It just has to. You know, if the spirit is going to prevail, it'd be healthy for the new world. I don't right. know. I don't know if it will be inherited, but yeah, it one would, can dream. It would be healthy. Yeah, I think so. And I think there's more Gen Zers today that are like, okay, yeah, some people are taking some shit way too seriously. Like, what's this have to say? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's actually fucking funny. No. So it's a it's a crapshoot out there. Just exploring and listening to new things, especially things that resonate, is fucking. It's just like it's one of those those. Uh, it's so individualistic to what appeals to the personal. Uh, dimension where it's literally you and now obviously right in front of your fucking nose with and at your fingertips with these devices right at our you know where we can with enough determination just enough not even that much you can actually find a whole a whole archive of stuff that um that like was the product of the time that our parents and grandparents and so on were part of at one point or another. Uh, with that said, now with it being so, we're like so over endowed with all of that, that I think a lot of this falls by the wayside because it just gets simply taken for granted. You know, the, the attention span is getting razor thin and, you know, you only have the moment. If it doesn't quip me right now, like, then forget it. It'll never quit me. And then you you move on. But is that taking life seriously versus not seriously? I don't know. That'll always depend on the viewer and their abilities of how they apply their nervous system, where that conflict, is, that, that storm is happening uh, amongst themselves, within themselves, with others, so on and so forth. But um, I don't know. It, it's it's one of those things where, you know, those people, those kids, let's call them kids for the sake of the discussion. Like, if they're kids right now missing out on, you know, the lives of their grandparents and, you know, in full disclosure, like, kids are never going to see eye to eye with their grandparents ever period anyway but it's still there's still uh you know a cross section of time where they get to spend with them they get to kind of understand where their history comes from, their lineage, their, you know, however you want to call it, they, they figure out, like, what makes them, or a part of what makes them them, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I'm, I'm really close with my grandparents. I wish I got to know my uh, mother's parents more spend a little bit of time with them before they passed on. But I I was really lucky because, you know, I had three sets of grandparents because I was technically adopted. 
So, like, I had my biological grandparents whom, you know, they were both more involved than my biological father. And then I also had my stepfather and his parents, whom I consider, like, those are my, I consider them my, my grandparents on that other side. Yeah, like, they're, they were amazing. They were crazy. We had, we had some great times, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, they weren't my biological grandparents, but, like, every Christmas, I was just like, Mame, Pepe, you know, mm. like, and, mm -hmm. like, at a certain point, I didn't understand that because I was too young. Once I was old enough to understand it, it just made it that much more special for me. That's know, interesting. Because, I didn't, I didn't know about that about you. That huh? you, yeah, have this adopted lineage, rather. I guess it's one way to, for me to like boil it. But like, oh yeah, my 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 cum donor was just like, peace, I'm out. <laughs> so, uh, uh, is that how it happened with the donate? No, I'm kidding. Basically, <laughs> no, no. The uh, yeah, it's I could never know what that's like. Anyone who hasn't been given that concept in that moment, being told such a thing, because before that, yeah, you wouldn't know. You know, like it's just as genuine as any connection that a child has with their caregivers you know it's like that's like the most pure thing in on this world some would argue um until you were told that you are adopted and it becomes this whole concept of a thing that you wrap around my mom told me i think as soon as she thought that i was able to process that actual information like you know Mm. She, you know, she's like, you know, so and so isn't your actual father. She's like, you know, she she needed to know that I knew how babies were made first of all. You know? Yeah, but like, she's like, okay, you know how babies are made. I'm like, yeah. She's like, okay, well, so and so isn't your actual father. Was it after you were seven? Yeah, I was probably like nine. Then most of that probably would not have had, like, one of those, like, eat, what would, I guess, be termed as, like, a blueprint impact, because supposedly from ages, you know, negative however many months of gestation to the point where you're seven, there's a whole, like, like a well, theta state that the brain is in. Well, this guy, this guy had actually raised me from, like, two years old on, you know, like, my, my who I call dad, you know, mm. he, he was the one that raised me from like two on, but no he, wasn't, shit. he wasn't my biological father. Right. Yeah. But he, he legally adopted me. But because you were so young, it might, you know, he might like, like that would, those, whatever that was, that imprint moving into your life, like clearly he had an impact, bro. Cause he did. He was a fine gentleman, sir. No, he was... I mean, like, he, he was, did a good job. I mean, he was one of the most amazing people I've ever met. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm so grateful to have him in my life that much. Absolutely. Like, he... Yeah. I'm, I wouldn't be who I am without him, but also, you know, like, he gave me that... that go on say fuck you world to figure out who you are yourself too you know no oh man what like what a gift he bestowed upon this world bringing you up that way oh stop it um, no i i know i don't want to make it weird or anything but don't, yeah i wish that sounds I well no but i wish that type of wisdom that basic, like, you're an individual, you know, and here's your impact on the world, so on and so forth. Like, those values, they're not really, everyone sort of, as a parent, would 
I'm, I assume try to instill that sort of thing, but they're so caught up in their own, their own stuff of whatever their parents told them or their, what they're so, like, they're firmly believe in or whatever that they're not even willing to be flexible enough to change or even think about that there's another way, there's another way to do something. Um, like that, that sort of thing, right? Like, so he, he, he was raised going to Catholic school. Like, he got the shit kicked out of him by nuns. Like, growing up, you know, like, yeah. and he was a troublemaker, you know, he was, he was a class clown, troublemaker, like, just did couldn't, he, did, couldn't did, keep his mouth, you know, all the things that he used to tell me, like, you stupid fucker, like, you can't do this, you can't, you can't keep your mouth shut, can you? And I'm like, no, I can't, but neither could you. He knows you too well. You know? Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, like, we're alike in that sense. Yeah. I Yeah, I had a good relationship with my dad, but I can't relate to that level quite yet. It's interesting. It's almost getting there, but we're so far apart, and we're just so set in our own trajectory within our lives that we get a chance to connect every once in a while, but it's all remote. You know, it's not really the same. He came to visit this last time, but, but dude, yeah, I mean, I mean, you lost your father, which is like, dude, that must have. No, I didn't lose him. He, he, he found out my mom was knocked up and he was like, all right, peace. I'm out. He had his own reasons for that, and we won't get into it. I, but your adopted father's the one that you're... My adopted father's the one that raised me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and you lost... Like, he passed on? Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I lost him. Uh, no, we lost him uh, yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, it's a sad thing. Like, I, I remember only really... Like, that was around the time, I feel like, or shortly thereafter, that we had reconnected after yeah. a pretty large gap in our... Yeah. yeah. It was that same year, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oddly enough, also, my buddy Phil that I used to live with in Grand Rapids, um, also lost his mom, like, really close to her, like, around that same time, like... 21 i think maybe but um but yeah dude jesus i'm bringing down the mood in this fucking room aren't i <laughs> oh no let's just <laughs> like, talk about something else yeah no it's good but like i i just i fully appreciate all of what you are saying in in terms of the the uh, the way that we uh, are brought up and the values that are instilled in us, how much of a role that plays on our being, right? Our sense of uh, self and sense our sense of optimism. And, and where you take them from there, yes. You know, like some people take them from there and, you know, they they... They grow along those lines, and some people take them from there, and you know they just decide, "Eh, these aren't for me," and cut off those lines and move on their own. Mm -hmm. You know, like mycelium. Hmm. Yeah, and the crazy thing about mycelium is they can take two or more paths at the same time. They can yeah. choose both directions. This is the weird thing about our idea of consciousness. Like, we can't, our definitions of consciousness aren't even sophisticated enough to apply to the living world. How fucked up is that? Like, we, we don't even have a definition for what we are. So, it's, it just speaks so directly, though. The fact is, it speaks so directly to the fungus and the fungal kingdom because there are so many different ways to be a fungus and they are indeterminate organisms, which means that they're constantly in that exploratory mode and prolific 
And they are just like that. Always changing. Just like that three piece picture that you showed me. You know, the first one, uh the 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 fungus sample next to nothing. Oh yeah, dude. Right here in this in this book? Yeah. And then Yeah, bro. Just bust this out. The second one, the fungus sample realizes, oh, we're not gonna we're not we're not gonna establish ourselves on this piece of paper. We're gonna go to this piece of wood and then all of a sudden the wood's gone and it's just fungus. Yeah, it it, it finds a nothing new, on the paper. A new source of food. The entirety of it moved. Well what it did was when it located can't find the image, but I can describe it. Um, when it located a new source of food, because at first it'll 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 grow out exploratorily, like it'll it'll randomize almost, like it'll just go like find stuff, like just like if we were to go for you know go for a stroll for food, like we would literally go in whatever direction that we're we're just compelled to go, and it's that. So many different uh, divergent, you know, nodes in the network itself that are basically making its own individual choice. They're all exploratory, but some yeah. of them are tapping into, you know, like nutrient sources and then pulling that nutrient back to where it needs to go to throughout the nodes. Throughout, throughout the network. Yes. Yeah. Right. Literally right. giving the entire thing right. whatever energy reserves it needs. And, and only, the, and, only uh, and Stamets will say this, it's only one cell wall thick. So what that means in biological terms, right? In immunological terms. One cell thick. Everything else, all the other microbes that are in the environment that are trying to consume it, the way it defends itself is through just basically recycling energies to create compounds that are antiviral so they they literally ward these things off in a chemical sense because that's what they do one cell wall like between them and the world like the interface of that is so fucking thin that you they have to respond in real time so it's the literal definition of so many philosophical avenues of what we even think of as space-time and and the mind and the way the mind can influence the world and like, dude, it's legit, <laughs> like well, crazy. This is the this is how this is how fucking also weird the, it can the get. logistics of how like an organized series of cells that create one whole organism themselves works together you know like in conjunction like you know to to maintain their equilibrium they they can they can attack what they need to attack to defend themselves they can they can also just seek out more nutrients if they're in a you know, less hostile environment. And if they're in a totally fruitful environment, they can just spread, you know, ad infinitum. And they do it silently and at their own pace. And you wouldn't even know that they're there. Like you legit, they're like invisible. It's because they're everywhere. We're breathing in countless spores right now and not just because we have like several species over here right back here oh yeah i got a bunch of wood conks and all kinds of polypore stuff i have a problem um i, like, I have a problem <laughs> i like to go i like to forage for really really awesome things and this is one of them and so here on this image it's like they're randomizing they're proliferating out trying to forage for food once they discover Oh, there's a whole new fucking sanctuary of nutrients here, which is this like wood palette thing. This this oh, like, it, it it's just a yeah, which a, probably a cut end to of scale. Wood. Yeah, to scale, this is probably like literally like a centimeter, two inch by two inch. Piece. Yeah, like very very small. 
And then once, but once they discover it and they start colonizing it, because that's the other difference that Merlin Sheldrake also refers to, the author of this book, Entangled Life. This is the illustrated version. Fucking amazing. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, not sorry. I just wanted to shout out earlier. Yeah. Because what he'll say is that the big difference in terms of fungi and animals, because otherwise we're almost identical to them, almost, but they put their bodies in their food, whereas we put our food in our bodies. So it's almost like, you know, there's like that, you know. I'd never actually heard it put that way. Yeah, he, he he's a brilliant author and a brilliant uh, just wordsmith on understanding the natural world. This guy, he's a he's a biologist. He's a doctor in biology. He went to um, I think Cambridge. So he's yeah he's uh, and he's Rupert Sheldrake's kid. So this this dude is fucking he's just awesome. Um, he seems awesome. I don't know the guy, but. Yeah, gosh, would I, I have a ton of questions for him. I just, yeah, I was familiar with the guy. I just never heard that that quote is a, since a brain pickler. Yeah, like we put our we put our food in our bodies. Fungi put their bodies in their food. So in doing so, the, because they found this whole new hub of resources, the entire network, the entire fungal body of mycelium reorganized itself for a more efficient way of basically um, developing that, that like becoming one with its host, right? Because it, it'll just totally consume the thing that it's growing in. And that probably also lends itself a lot to the uh, idea of keeping a, a good biome within yourself going exactly know, because if if you let that kind of go unrestrained you know it's uh gonna go off the rails you're gonna you know your your sugar levels are gonna be fucked up or your acid levels are gonna be fucked up and um yeah like with with a little a little maintenance you can probably you know, a little, you know, adding to your, uh, your, your flora in your, in your gut biome, you can probably avoid a lot of those instances. So, yeah. And to add another, um, concept in light of that, the flora aspect, there's also the fauna which is derived of animal life in uh, the ecosystem. I love the animal life. And fungi. Mm, 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 mm. Fungi is the third. Okay. And so fungi is what like what we were just saying I was I think most we're people breathing lump in that, spores. They most people lump that and and flora, flora together. Yeah. Right. And it's interesting cuz but but what do you call it again? Sorry. Fungi. Fungi. So you have flora, fauna and fungi. Okay. And funga is the that. bridge because without without funga, you do not have fauna. Plain and simple. This is what the research suggests. Because we came from fungus. That is literally our ancestor. I mean, when people say, "Oh, these mushrooms are so meaty," yeah, nobody's nobody's ever said that about you know celery or. Broccoli. <laughs> meaty. Meaty mushrooms. I've been eating a lot of them recently. Dude, I fucking... Okay, one of those places I went to... <laughs> dude, this guy... Okay, I was at this artisan farmer's market fair place, and oh my god, dude, I've never seen so many fresh gourmet variety of mushrooms in my entire life within, like, just right in front of me, like all a from, nine square all foot. from the same area. grower? Yeah. Out of... Out of... uh uh new fame the actual farmer's market was in putney but but the uh the the grower is out of new fame okay and oddly enough ironically my mom happens to own some piece of she owns a property out there so she goes there you know once every month or two whenever's needed 
to maintain stuff. But she, yeah, was like, I was like, fuck, like, <laughs> do you guys sell blocks <laughs> to like grow my own? Cause like this fucking dude, this crop of insane dude, sexy blue oyster, like bounceable. Like blue oyster. I mean, like we're talking so flawless, bounceable. Oh, dude, it was great. And there was this one mushroom it's that he had that I actually I don't know what it's called, but it looked like cubensis. It like had the similar structure to cubensis, but it was gourmet. It was gourmet mushroom, and it's just delicious. The way you described it was uh, kind of it had like a nuttiness to it, and I agree. Um, phenomenal texture the stems especially when you cut them in half like because it's mostly stem it's like a stem long stem similar to enoki mushrooms but very very different it's one of the ones where the stem is edible stem is very edible and delicious and long and oh that's weird i described it as like a fucking well they are sex organs these things are jesus christ i know here he goes i'm sorry i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) sliding off the rails folks god damn it maybe we should take a quick break and hear from our sponsors up until now you've heard me talk quite a bit about my book cognitive liberty available for sale at select retailers including amazon and itunes It's a book about our collective cognitive distortion and how we've essentially self-sabotaged our growth through perpetual states of stress and anxiety. My book is a philosophical narrative about autism and the evolution of consciousness in an ecological context, reflecting on our imperative need to free our minds from a neurocentric view of intelligence and embrace the emotional dimensions that guide our lives. It's about questioning our traditional sense of intelligence as it explores the symptoms of modern culture as a parallel version of autism where life and experience are trapped exclusively inside the head. You can learn more by purchasing a book in the description below or by subscribing to my podcast, Cognitive Liberty, where I break down why I wrote the book and how it relates to the time of extremes we're going through today. Thank you for your support. Where where was I? What was I saying? <laughs> uh, you and your mushrooms. Well, golden oyster, blue oyster, shiitake, gorgeous lion's mane. I mean, just like mm. insane variety, dude. And then I mean, this mushroom that I don't know the name of. That, that's not even like a... It's not even like a dietary mushroom or a uh, culinary mushroom. It's it's more of a uh, medicinal, you know. But it's it's still delicious too. Shiitakes as well. Yeah, shiitakes are incredibly medicinal. But the uh, interesting, weird part really? about you think so? about uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, in fact, they have one of the higher concentrations. I think of anti-cancer compounds. I think. I think um, there are definitely several, but that's one of the higher ones. I think, um, but. Anyway, the the interesting part about lion's mane, though, as you bring it up, it's it's like culinarily speaking, it it tastes like lobster. It's really kind of interesting. Um, and if you if you just don't if you don't slice your knife through it in preparation, and you only slice enough lengthwise, like from the butt, like where it's like core is, where it's too tough, but then you then you all you do is you peel it. That's different. Like string cheese. It's different than lobster mushroom, though, right? Different from lobster yeah, mushroom. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Lobster okay. is, like, very, like... Lobster mushroom, like, tastes super like lobster. Oh, yeah. No, that that I has... Got, I got to try that. ...a once. kick, and it's it's so potent in that regard, because mm. it's so, like, there's such a mass to it, you know? It's you dig weird. these things out of, like, the, it grows out of practically the fucking, like, dirt roads. Like, it'll fucking compact, like, you know... Not like almost pavement, so compact. The dirt is where I've found them growing out of. Yeah, like off the side of the fucking like road and shit. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never harvested harvested them myself. I've but I've had them from somebody that found them. They were delicious. Throw some butter on there, some salt. Yeah. Was, Dude, was, you're making me so hungry. Some with lobster. The, this is some damn good it shit. It almost has the same texture too. It's it's weird. 
You know? Oh, like when it's cooked? Yeah, like if if you don't overcook it and like just right in the butter, like right on. Mm. Well, these things are not accidents of how they get their name. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean the way that we interpret smells and tastes, you know. It's not an accident that we confuse things for other things. It's because right. they have something in common, usually. Mm. You know? Like. Because why call it anything if it doesn't have some kind of association, right? Well, sometimes it's just association. But if it's association, it's probably something that only happens within a few individuals. If everybody's like, this tastes like lobster, and this this sea bug tastes like that that mushroom, let's call them both lobster something. You know? Totally. <laughs> I feel like words and food are so, like, coexistent in so many ways. And speaking of which, the whole microbiome thing, isn't it interesting that most New Year's Eve or New Year's resolutions have to do with like diet, diet and shit? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, if anything, looking into 2024 or whatever, the best thing that I can do is give my body the the respect that it deserves as far as like new nourishment and like building the gut in terms of looking at it as a muscle and not just like pounding and getting obsessed with whatever fucking fiber craze that comes along um because you get a lot of that right you can politicize this subject pretty quickly you can over fiber yourself into a problem yes absolutely (laughs) The way you said it, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I have to have a good laugh. That's great. Yeah, and you were also mid-sips. Mid <laughs> you look like stuff. in your eyes you've had an experience like this, yes? Well, no, it's called colitis. <laughs> you know, it's oh, called, shit. You know, it's called like precursor to Crohn's. Like giving yourself too Jesus. much, too much, uh, too much of the wrong types of fiber. Like, yeah, right. you can fuck, fuck yourself what- up, especially, especially... In the U.S., where we've got all these types of, you know, plant, you know, uh, so so much vegetation where we've contaminated it with these, like, terrible fucking pesticides, chemicals, and, you know, you've got people that have horrible gut issues in this country. Mm. They go on vacation to Europe somewhere for a week or a month, and they eat the same foods that they want to eat here, the same foods here that would make them feel miserable even though they love them. They go over there, they eat them, and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, well, yeah, it's all. And it's all because none of their wheats, none of their... None of their grains, none of their, uh, none of that shit ever got like commercialized and, and trademarked the way that it did here. You know? Yeah. And we got companies like Monsanto. Exactly. Cause out of those, uh, principles of ag, we came from an economy that we had to basically, shift gears in times of war right like that's why like the whole wonder bread movement came about too wasn't it like we had to because we didn't really we didn't have the time to tend to fermented grains to let them and by fermented i just mean like proofing the process of making bread where the bread rises in a split second compared to because we had so many mouths to feed i mean Right, like I mean, well, it, I don't want to like direct. It, it, it that was a to long, one it thing, was a long process, and and probably that had something that 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 definitely like 
came into play at some point, definitely. But it was between that, it was between, you know, getting, you know, certain grains uh, trademarked so that if if anybody wanted, all they do was alter them a little bit and then trademark it and then spread its seed. And if anybody wanted to grow next to them, they'd have to grow that same seed. Otherwise, whatever blow off from the other crop. The cross-pollination. Cross-pollination would, you know, they'd be able to sue for property on that seed. Or their whole property. And so... Which is a sad story of this dynamic. That's that's just what Monsanto did with with the the you know food trade, the the industrial farming. And that's what I was trying to get at. Not necessarily times of war, but that that industrialization, the industrial renaissance, whatever you want to call it. Like there was a point where we wanted to just, there was that modernize, like, campaign towards, like, quicker whatever, like, microwaves and fucking supermarkets. And, like, there was just so much disconnect of like where our food early, comes early from. Early 50s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that push. So, it's like there was a convergence of things happening. I, I only mentioned the war thing because I understand that when an economy gears its resources and its revenue towards war you have to compensate for how you're how are you going to feed your people if you have to recruit for soldiers how are you how are you uh compensating the difference in that opposite it's amazing that you brought that up because like we as a country statistically have been in a war for every generation that we've been a country. Mm-hmm. So roughly every 20 years, we're in a war. And we've kept that up to the point where there's there's not even any lapse anymore. They just call it the global war on terror, which, you know, to a certain degree is a legitimate thing. But we used to... Uh, Wars used to be fought, like Bill Bill Hicks said, wars used to be fought between two armies. Um, up until the <laughs> 19, you know, 40s, that's how it was. But still, to this point, we've we've managed to keep a war going for every generation that this country's been alive. And that's because each generation of this country is part of its gross GDP, you know? As far as, yeah, I mean, well, so much of our We budget can export is, war, but we need yeah. to export warriors, too. Yeah. And that's and something that's, we do, but... <clears throat> these are how... This is how empires fail, uh-huh. you know? Like... Mike Maloney has a fucking awesome breakdown of this. Um, that it, Hidden Secrets of Money series I've mentioned a few times. Yeah. So he has an episode. Episode two is totally, it like predicts this sort of thing that happens. He calls it the seven stages of empire. And it starts with, you know, good quality sound, uh, practices free markets you know sound money like all the things that basically give you a base of excellence to even go from and then it starts to devolve into its own demise once you go to once you gear it towards once you gear an economy towards war social programs and um you know, just all of the things that basically siphon wealth out of the system. Like, there's, like, the rule of thirds. It's like, fuck, like, 
I haven't watched the that episode in a long time, so I don't remember the exact three. But you get my idea, like it, exactly. There are like, three categories. Like when Eisenhower gave his, you know, famous speech on, you know, the 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 terror and the threat of uh, the military industrial complex. Exactly. Yeah. One of the things that I think is lost on a lot of people there is that the military in the way that we have it set up and the military industrial complex itself is a socialized program. Like we've 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 gone beyond thinking that no, we we can't do social socialism or we can't do communism. It's like we've we've melded them to a certain degree pretty well. You know, because it got our our capitalist you know, society to the point where it is and is capitalism the best? It's pretty sweet. Free capitalism is the best, but we 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 don't have access to that. So, like, well, I would love to discuss this in a future episode because that's. I think there's such an emotional, um, kind of. It's 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 so encapsulated in in such a divide with how people think of uh the the system itself um kind of in this game of tug of war and it's one or the other and oh no it just has to be right in the middle and it's like right yeah well or we can and just accept that these are basically born out of cycles the problem is everybody lives in a world of black or white and you know it's that's not the honest truth of things like, yeah, I feel like my life... All facts are found in gray, you know? And, and my life has been the result of learning that lesson more and more these days. And here, I have this to play for us real quick. Yeah. Here, before we have to pop off here. Here, let me, uh, let me see if it'll work. Such a weird belief. A lot of Christians wear crosses around their necks. You think when Jesus comes back, he's going to want to see a fucking cross, man? <laughs> Ow. That may be why he hadn't shown up yet. But man, they're still wearing crosses. Fuck it, I'm not going, Dad. No, they totally missed the point. When they start wearing fishes, I might show up again. But let me bury fossil heads with you, Dad. Fuck them. Let's fuck with them. They're fucking with me now. Let's get them. Give me that brontosaurus head, Dad. You know? It's kind of like going up to Jackie Onassis with a rifle pendant on, you know? <laughs> Sticking to John, Jackie. We love him. <laughs> Trying to keep that memory alive, baby. <laughs> it is gesture. Back into the left. Back into the left. Back into the left. Back into the left. Which, by the way, that action you see Kennedy's head do in the Zerbruder film, caused by a bullet. Coming from up there. Yeah. I know it looks to the layman or someone who might dabble in physics. This action here would have been caused by a bullet coming from, well, up here. Did you see that? Did everyone see that? Yeah, but no. What happened was Oswald's gun went off, causing an echo to echo through the buildings of Dealey Plaza. And the echo went by the limo on the left, up into the grassy knoll, hitting some leaves, causing dust to fly out, which 56 witnesses testified was a gunshot, because immediately <laughs> Kennedy's head went over. 
<laughs> but the reason his head went over is because the echo went by the motorcade on the left, and he went, what was that? <laughs> oh, well. So there. We have figured it out. Go back to bed, America. Your government has figured out how it all transpired. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control again. Here. Here's American gladiators. Watch this. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Here is American Gladiators. <laughs> Here is 56 damn. channels of it. Watch these pituary retards bang their fucking skulls together and congratulate you on living in the land of freedom. Here you go, America. You are free to do as we tell you. You are free to do as we tell you. Oh, good. Honey, I heard on the news that they figured out that the gun, what happened is that there is an echo and that Kennedy was uh, asking uh, Jackie what it was and that's why his head flew up. Honey, what time's Gladiator's on? Are we missing it? <laughs> Woo, I'm so glad we're free, honey. <laughs> this is a few weeks ago, all these articles in the paper. Is Gladiator's too violent? And what are we doing watching this? Is it really good for us to watch? Is it too violent? No, fuck it. Give these guys chainsaws. Let them fuck each other up good. It's not violent enough. Let these fucking morons kill each other in that goddamn pit. Give them chainsaws and I want to see a fucking railway spike go through their eyeball. How about this? Give everyone in the audience a pistol. There, you fuckers. See who comes out alive. You know, I'm tired of this false, fucking sanctimonious morality about life. Ain't life keen. <laughs> Let's pat ourselves on the back. Fuck you. They want to kill each other. I'm filming it. <laughs> okay. that's That was what I was trying to get out from this that. This is in 1992 like, so this good. guy was yeah. saying this. <clears throat> yeah, that's so. his Revelations uh, special that he did there. I think it was but. 92. <laughs> <laughs> if, if 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 there was anything possibly true to the whole conspiracy theory that that he and Alex Jones are the same person, the way that he was delivering that so like nonchalantly, right? Like even though it was such a virulent like message, like no, Alex Jones exactly. Alex Jones couldn't do that exactly. <laughs> All right, bro. I got to, sadly, I got to call it a night for me. Um, But, dude, happy new year to you, man. It's been a fucking amazing ride. And fucking, I can't wait to see what 2024 holds. Well, let's just, uh, let's just, uh, let's just hope it goes better than we think it's going to. Yeah. So, to be content. To be continued, and but we're gonna hey every it's it's like every other year. It's, it's gonna be like that movie, uh, Bob. What about Bob? You know, like baby <laughs> baby steps, baby steps, yeah. baby steps. Lot, yeah, just getting back in touch with again that um simple side of things, right? Yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate all of our listeners. I appreciate, uh, yeah, just taking that moment to breathe and give yourself the space, the the time to be grateful about whatever it is that you have to be grateful for. Because there's always something. The woosah, the aso, the fucking like. Just take a moment to appreciate who you are, what you've got, where you are, where you're going, and yeah, there's there's a lot to your uh, soup going on. Everybody's individual soup that, mm-hmm. which we'll definitely talk more about because I mean we covered a lot of ground around like how we're ecological beings you know that that soup that's kind of what i think of so yeah and that's just one part of it one part of it yeah supposedly we're only 10 percent quote-unquote human because 90 percent of ourselves are different organisms different be it fungal bacterial uh amoebic 
There's, there's only there's only ten percent that makes us special. And viruses that are within viruses. Yeah. Like crazy shit. So yeah. Be grateful. That some for whatever reason, you know, these we are what we are. We love you folks. Happy New Year and uh be kind to those you love and even those you don't know. You know. Sometimes that's the big difference between a good and a fucked up world. Love ya.